What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well. How are you this fine, glorious, fall-feeling weather day? It is a glorious, gorgeous day in Texas indeed. Uh, we actually got to like sleep with our windows open last night huh. and our air conditioners off. That was exciting. Was so excited. I uh, slept like a damn baby. Like I well, <laughs> not a, cr- a noise could have stirred me. Well, I didn't, but it was primarily because I got my new foster kitty Grizz, a new catnip mousy, and ah. he is all up. About it. And sleep time and is the best time for cats to want to play. Sleep time is the best time for kitties to try and get uh, their their prey, their mm-hmm. catnip mm-hmm. mousies. So if you hear like some weird thumping in the background, that's also probably what that is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might just, he's a big old kitty. He makes a lot of noise. So if you hear him kind of just flopping around back there, he's just getting his mousy. Oh, nice. That sounds fun to watch. A little play with his little kid and toys and stuff. That's so well, fun. it's very vicious, actually. You're like, oh, oh he's, God. <laughs> oh, he's going to tear him apart. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. He, he's vicious. He's a, real, he's a real killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's also a real killer? Great video games. And that's what we're here to talk about you today on Teen Chat Podcast. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. And then you can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server, where we talk about games and other fun topics when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you really love the show and ha- want to help make it bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early and access to a f- private dis- uh, patron-only Discord channel, The Rogues Gallery. So a lot of great stuff for you to check out there. But if you don't want to do that, that's no big deal. We totally understand. And you can support the show in other ways, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, uh, you know. Just getting the good word out there of Team Chat Podcast to everyone. So we appreciate Maybe all of you. Maybe take out our... a billboard for us. That'd hey, be pretty cool. That'd be cool. That'd be really <laughs> cool, actually. I'd be down to see that somewhere. Just our faces plastered on a on a billboard. Just like that. Back to back. Or, arms crossed. Do ba- oh, do you remember? Here, let's do this. What? Let's do this over the internet. So so anybody who wants to do this can can take a freeze frame. And do this. So I need you to turn oh, okay, okay. to your this way. Yeah, other way. It. No, other way. Oh, really? On yeah. my screen, it's the opposite. Okay. Then I need to go this way. Okay. So there we go. So shoulder to shoulder like this. Boom. There we go. You guys can use that. <laughs> Feel free to use that anywhere you want. I, I can't remember what show it was, but there was a, I, it may have been Futurama, but maybe not. Uh, that was like skewering the, um, like the little reel that happens at the bottom of TV shows advertising other TV shows on that same network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, shoving buddies. And it was like clearly a parody <laughs> of Friends. And then it was like two doctors. And it was two doctors back to back like that, just slowly rotating. <laughs> I don't remember what show it was without just killed me. I That's awesome. That I love it. when she, I, I feel like, doesn't 30 Rock do that too? Maybe it I was I feel like 30, 30 Rock, Rock does that a couple times. Because they have like sense. the fake shows like the Queen of Jordan. And all yeah, that stuff. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gosh, where's Queen of Jordan when we need it? Right? I'd watch that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of reality, but like I would watch that show for sure. I would too. <laughs> but we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. But first off, we're going to start off with our moment with Mogan to find out what's coming out soon. Then we're going to roll into recapping the PS5 showcase and the Nintendo Partner Direct that came out from this last week. And then we've got some first impressions of a game coming out after all of that as well. So without further ado, let's jump in to our moment with Mogan. 
Indeed. So even though it is the end of September, a lot of great games are still coming out. So as of today, September 22nd, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is coming out for the PlayStation 4. On September 23rd, we have Unrailed for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On the 24th, there's Going Under for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On the 24th as well, we have Little Big Workshop for Xbox One, which I think is part of the Little Big Planet I don't genre? think so because oh my big god, Planet's is it a, really not? And they big, just ripped that name off. It does sound very similar because yeah, Little Big Planet's an exclusive PlayStation. Wow, how IP. did they get the rights to use the Little Big? That's I don't know. weird. That is anyway, weird because that is very confusing. Whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll gloss over that. Um, on the twenty fourth as well, we have Roller Coaster Tycoon Three Complete Edition for Switch and PC. On the twenty fourth, Serious Sam Four for Stadia and PC. Tears of Avia for Xbox One and PC. Uh, Tennis World Tour 2 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And on the 25th, we've got Bullet Age for Switch and PC. Also, Mafia Definitive Edition for PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. Port Royale 4 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Troll Hunters, Defenders of Arcadia. Uh, I know this probably isn't what the game is about even slightly, but there's a really (laughs) awesome Finnish folk metal band that I like called Trollhammer. And I'm sure it's not. No, it's Finn Troll, but they have a song called Trollhammer. Anyways, the point is it's great. Troll Hunters probably isn't about that, but God, I wish it were. Uh, That's for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Uh, And then rounding out the end of next week, on the 29th, uh, we have Spelunky 2. The fabled Spelunky 2 has finally come out for a couple of different uh, platforms by this point. On the 29th, it's coming out for PC. Very cool. Um, Then there will be Warsaw for PlayStation 4. And that's about it through next week. Nice, nice, nice. Good solid list of stuff coming out soon. So we did want to jump in really quick and do a a fairly quick recap of some of the highlights of the PS5 showcase where we finally got both a release date and price for the two different PS5 consoles that are be coming out. So the PS5 is going to be launching on November 12th. Pre-orders already happened and were a big freaking mess. So you can see because even though Sony said, hey, we're going to give you plenty of time to be able to get your pre-orders Uh, And to be able to plan for your pre-orders, no, the pre-orders went live literally the day of the announcement, which caused lots of mass confusion and mayhem, although Sony has already come back out and apologized for the mess and said that there will still be PS5s available throughout uh, the holiday, the rest of 2020. So, um, Which there had better be. There better be after saying that, yeah. What they don't want to have is a Switch situation, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the launch of the Switch was just fraught with nonsense like that, where they just didn't have enough units. And it's like, bruh. It's still pandemic times. You had better freaking have enough consoles or you're just throwing money down the drain. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's to your benefit to have the units. <laughs> For sure. And because oh, like, boy. I think that's, yeah, if they don't, especially after saying like trying to do damage control on this situation and they come back and they're like, no, nah, it's, it's still, it's still going to be not enough. Then yeah, that's going to, that's going to really be bad for them. Yeah. Also, I don't know about you, but I was not able to get a pre-order, of course, because I didn't even know that they were yeah. going to go up that day. So I was like, Psh, I'm not going to worry about it. No, and then, I'm not going to worry uh, about it either. I'll probably, if it, I'll just, I'm going to wait probably closer to maybe even at post launch a little bit to, to grab one and all that. And so exactly. Just, Cause the only way that we're going to be able to get them on launch day is wait in line, which yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm old now. I can't do that. Anymore. And there's still the Rona. 
You don't want to. They're be... still the Rona. I did it for the Switch, but that was an exception. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to wait in line, and I'm definitely not going to buy it from a scalper. Hell yeah. no. No, 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 no. So if you don't see us immediately doing reviews of the PS5, it's because we're sane customers. Exactly. Um, and we didn't want to waste our lives uh, on something that we can just get in a few weeks. Yep, so. absolutely. Because, and, and I think too, like with the big. Even though the launch titles and everything, like, you know, there's going to be Spider-Man Miles Morales and the Demon Souls remake as confirmed launch titles for the PS5. The ones I'm more excited about are going to be, like, obviously the Horizon Zero, uh, Horizon Forbidden West and stuff like that. So, like, there's a little bit of, of time in bet- between the first, like, big exclusives that I'm excited for coming out to it and everything like that. And then plus two, they've even said, like, for people who are not going to pick up the PS5, you know, it's closer to launch that horizon forbidden west and spider-man miles morales and all that will still be coming out on ps4 versions as well so it's not like you're going to necessarily be missing a huge uh you know missing out on these great games at right off the bat so yeah but uh so the pricing on those though uh the the full with disc version of the ps5 is going to ra- is coming out to be 499 dollars. the ps5 digital version is going to be hitting for 399 like i said releases on november 12th uh they did show off some other uh, announcements at this of some upcoming games so that were pretty some couple really fun surprises in there, such as Final Fantasy 16. So that game does look pretty wild. Um, when the trailer first started, I actually couldn't immediately tell if it was a main Final Fantasy game or not. I was mm-hmm. like, this might be one of the Final Fantasy offshoots, because what I didn't see very notably was any evidence of other party members you know maybe it's just that that's not part of the trailer they wanted to put out but it seemed to focus just on that one primary character with the black hair and the cool phoenix stuff or whatever Uh, it seemed to mostly focus on him and the combat and kind of the story surrounding him Mm -hmm. but no one in that trailer appeared to be like his party members oh interesting and i thought that i thought that was really interesting there might still be those characters but for example in final fantasy 15 i'm pretty sure that it was part of the Mm -hmm. trailers that it was like oh yeah he's your main character noctis also here's his ragtag crew of friends that are definitely your other party members well because it showed you all like driving around in that car together like going on your adventures and stuff like that this one has no cool cars (laughs) it's just Uh, pretty normal for final fantasy it did have though the epicness of riding chocobos into like into battle and stuff like that. It did, like, and the, the that thematic scene that was pretty cool. The the instant I saw that scene, my gut response was, "That's not right." You move those <laughs> chocobos at home. Those are peaceful like, creatures. Peaceful yeah, I was steeds. like peaceful peace for chocobos. So I think Final Fantasy sixteen looks really interesting. The combat system does look fascinating Mm -hmm. so what we saw of the main character just wheeling and dealing it almost felt like devil may cry kind of in that it looked like very fast fluid combat uh that didn't you know it wasn't a turn-based system first and foremost it wasn't a turn-based system it didn't even look like the real-time battle systems that like final fantasy 14 for example have so i have no idea what to expect from this game but it looks pretty cool and it maybe is about the birth of ifrit question mark it might not be but i don't know who what knows? that means because i don't know anything about it, final fantasy so. so so in the trailer the kid that like gets mad and then explodes into a big fire demon looking mm-hmm. monster that fire demon looking monster is ifrit one of the classic summons from final fantasy ah. so when you want to summon your like fire summon you summon ifrit and he rolls up and he looks exactly like uh what he does in this game just bigger and badder and fancier than it 
They nice. also did show Shiva, which was really interesting. Uh, she just looks like a normal woman, but her skin is blue and she shoots ice. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> we also had the announcement for Hogwarts Legacy, which is going to be like a side story not related to the main Harry Potter characters and everything, just like a big open world RPG. So. Yeah, I think that's a good idea for a Harry Potter game. I was really relieved because when the trailer first started, I was like, oh, no, not another Harry Potter game. But I actually think it helps its case that mm. it's not about the main characters or the main trio. It's just, hey, we know you all love Hogwarts, so we're just going to make it into a game and let you run around and do your own thing. I think yep. that's a really smart move. Yep. It has been very interesting. Now, obviously, I'm not a fan of the series itself, but it has been very interesting seeing the reaction to this trailer especially concerning like jk rowling's recent uh statements yeah. and, and everything that's been coming out yeah. on twitter so it's it'll be interesting to see how that affects this the performance of the game when it comes out or yeah. like it's it's reception because i've already seen several people being like no nah, i'm not, not gonna touch it i mean you i know? never got any of the previous harry potter games so that's not even something that's you know, oh yeah this isn't gonna come on my radar at all interest yeah same yeah. so i i hope that it's fun i hope that the developers at least got to make a fun game but yeah i i'm not gonna feel bad about not throwing any more money uh jk rowling she yeah. doesn't need it and she's no. kind of a jerk just a just a bit just actually, a little a bit actually, <laughs> actually a lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she even like she she i think she blocked stephen king for her oh own. damn yeah, because <laughs> her and Stephen <laughs> King actually were pretty tight, and then Stephen King came out with a statement that was like, yeah, all women are women, and she was like, blocked. Brutal. But Stephen King, yay! But yeah, that's off to you, Stephen King, for that. Good heavens. The big surprise announcement, though, that got me off of my seat in joy. Of course it did. God of War Ragnarok, which we don't know if it's a full sequel, or, because I've seen some speculation, people were very like, what? 2021? Like, that's so soon. We're going to get, which yeah, then that, made me that very was my excited. Exact same response. I was like, 2021 question mark? Yeah. Which, because that means we're going to get a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel and a God of War sequel in the same year. Granted, I'm expecting delays on one, if not both. Oh, absolutely. So, but still, I did see some people, I'm, I'm blanking now on who it was. I want to say it might have been Tim Geddes uh, from Kind of Funny that tweeted that he thinks it could be maybe a smaller side story game, similar to how Spider-Man is doing with Miles Morales, where it's not a full blown sequel, but it's still a hefty chunk of a game of a side of a, of a side story basically. But, and that's how he's like making sense that it could be already coming out in 2021. But also, yeah. I mean, it could be, I, I don't know. It could be a full-blown sequel. It will have to just see as we get more. But I tell you, you know what? One of the the best things to come out of this God of War Ragnarok announcement? Obviously, we're going to get more Christopher Judge saying, boy. Yeah, I was about to say, but I know what you're going to say. <laughs> did you see the video? I shared yeah, it on our Discord. But he shared this video to his Twitter where he's just taking a video silently of all his like God of War paraphernalia in his office. And then he turns the camera around to profile and he's looking all serious. And then he just breaks out into this big smile and just like, it's like, <laughs> like shaking Dude, with excitement. I Judge. fucking love Christopher Judge. I just love that, like, because when he did uh, Teal'c in Stargate, the series, I yeah. was like, where's that guy? Why has he not been in anything else? He's the best there is. He has the voice of, a, like, an actual god, oh, literally. for sure. He needs to be in everything. So this isn't where I thought he would eventually pop back up, but I'm just glad it's to the see best him place. in anything again. Also, gosh, like, 
that that might be the man that I have the biggest crush on. Really? In, in mean, like the the realm of video games, at least like mm. for video game voice actors, it's like, oh, it's got to be Christopher Judge. I Who mean, else could it be? He is a Hulk of a man with a deep he's, voice that just he's just reverberates through your soul every time he speaks. Yeah. So, like, I totally get it. I'm right there with you. He's right excellent. there with you. Uh, but then what else we got from here? They have, so like I said before, Miles Morales, Horizon Forbidden West, and more will be available on PS4. Uh, they also announced, which this is one thing that I'm pretty excited about, and I think this is a pretty cool deal. Uh, it is part of of having the PS Plus subscription service through uh, PlayStation, but on the PS5, available at launch, they are going to be releasing the PS Plus Collection, which is going to feature 15 of the greatest hits of the PS4 for you to just have and play at your leisure. And so that it, is such a good idea such a that good is idea such a great idea because it, i mean if you can't afford both the price tag which is hefty mm-hmm. and any of the games which are going to be ten dollars more expensive than they are now what a great just what a good customer centric move i think that is so smart and 10 out of 10 at least for the ps plus collection well and of i mean course and you do have to have PS plus. right but then still what's cool about this is it's not an additional subscription it's kind of it's you know, not having experienced Game Pass yet or anything like that, but it's like, it, and I know this isn't fully fleshed out like Game Pass is in terms of the amount of games available, but still, 15 of like the best PS4 games, like here's the list of what's going to be available at launch on the PS5 for you to play. God of War, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, Battlefield 1, Monster Hunter World, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, The Last Guardian, Ratchet & Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat X, Persona 5, Until Dawn, Resident Evil Biohazard. Like, holy shit, that's a list. The one question that I have, and I assume that this isn't the case because it wasn't expressly specified, I wanted it to be Persona 5 Royale Mm. and not the base Persona 5, so I was like, boo. It makes sense (laughs) that they're the base versions of these games, but but still. still, That's pretty, that's still, that's so many hours of gameplay right there alone i mean i mean monster, monster hunter. hunter world is a never-ending <laughs> <Yeah>. game <laughs> that's what i was gonna say and so and i'm wondering too like as time goes on will this be will these like be rotated out that's where i wonder where it's going to be like game pass if these yeah. will always be available or if they'll be like rotated some games will be rotated out on a monthly basis or oh, on a yearly basis something like that will more games be added i'm sure they will but it'll but still i think for an offering for ps plus subscribers to go into the new console that's pretty cool and because like I have several of these games, but a lot of these I don't. So like, I'm all for that. Now I can be like, cool, I'm not going to buy Days Gone, Bloodborne, Batman Arkham Knight. I'm going to wait, you know, Persona 5. Like, I'll wait and just play the, when I get the uh, when I get the PS5 at launch or when I exactly. get the PS5. So, Why not? Uh, and then other quick little things. They did say the launch title lineup, which are going to be Astro's Playroom, which will be preloaded on the PS5, Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Fortnite, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Godfall, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Sackboy A Big Adventure, which is a continuation of the Little Big Planet stuff. Gotcha. Which, by the way, we actually glossed over it, but some of the people in our Discord were really excited about that Devil May Cry Special Edition. Yeah. So for for those of you who don't know, the Special Edition is going to have a bunch of new stuff that the original game doesn't have primarily the ability to play as dante's evil twin brother virgil so you're going to be able to play as virgil there's going to be i think um b weaver said like an ultra hard mode like some incredibly difficult mode that like 
doubles or triples the amount of enemies that you fight. There's going to be just a crap ton of new stuff that's going to make it even more fast and furious than it already is. So I'm actually really interested uh, in that Devil May Cry game now. I think it looks really hard, but I, it's I like fun. I like the look of Devil May Cry 5. I haven't played it yet, so like, I've, uh, but uh, this gives me the perfect chance to jump in and, and give it a go. Yeah. Uh, you just needed an excuse. I just needed an excuse. The one last little thing, though, on this is they did confirm that most of the PS5 games will be up to seventy dollars. Like that, so that's gonna, so that's pretty much confirming that the next generation games are going to be hitting at the sixty-nine ninety-nine dollar price price point, which honestly makes sense. Like we've been talking I don't about, think like anybody's surprised. No, like we've been talking about how that probably should be should happen anyway because to help maybe limit in some instances. I don't think it will, but like as a combatant against micro uh, flagrant microtransactions and everything happening all the time but still be and just you know the price of the games especially for what some games are offering in terms of like either gameplay hours content story you know all the things like you know it's just time for that to, for that to go up so that makes sense to me so that's pretty much all the th uh the re quick recap we want to do on that any additional thoughts or anything before we move on to the next one of the nintendo I don't think so. Just that poor PlayStation 5 needs a little jacket. It needs a little jacket wrapped around it. It looks cold. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. All right. So then we'll move into the Nintendo Partner Showcase, which was from last Thursday as well. Uh, or This was a really short partnership super showcase. Short. It was like 20 minutes max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was really quick, but it had some great stuff out, such as two Monster Hunter games are going to be coming. Both yeah. Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. Both coming out in 2021. Uh, tw March 26th for Rise and Summer just for Stories 2. And so. yeah, so as far as like what's the difference between the two games, Monster Hunter Rise appears to be the normal, air quotes, Monster Hunter experience. There's going to be Palicos and that's all I care about. I mean, it's a given. I They're like how... Game without palicos, but I was still like, yes. <laughs> when the trailer for it started and it just showed that the wolf running through there, I was like, oh, okay, what's this going to be? I almost thought had the thought it didn't look quite like it, so I wasn't totally there. But I was yeah. almost like, is this some maybe like another Okami in some way? Because it kind of. But then when it finally you know showed your hunter, I was like, okay, I bet this is Monster Hunter. And then I just love how they like had the palico pop in and be like, hey, <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, they just have to like Hunter. remind you like it's definitely Monster Hunter. Yeah. Here's the palico, and I was like, thank you. I was wondering <laughs> that clears that up right away. Uh, so very excited about that. It appears to also be a Monster Hunter game that kind of revisits what looks like a pseudo Japan. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it appears to be very Japanese culture influenced. A lot of the outfits looked very much like crosses between samurai and shinobi, uh, even your palamute. So the, the wolf is called a palamute. Oh, okay. It's a doggo. Uh, so the palamute. Oh, like a malamute. Like, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. exactly. Isn't that funny? That is funny. Uh, so there's a bunch of cool armor for obviously everything involved. They showcased a bunch of interest, interesting monsters. And this is the point at which I was like, oh, this is a Monster Hunter return to form because Monster Hunter World is notably one of the Monster Hunter games that retooled a lot of its monsters to be more Western friendly mm -hmm. with everything looking like traditional dragons, you know, just kind of everything looking a bit more like what 
Westerners are used to in their mythical creatures. So this game did not appear to follow that trend. A lot of the creatures that you're fighting look much more, uh, you know, East inspired. So A plus for that. I can't wait. And then Monster Hunter Stories. I actually had to ask about this one. And thankfully, Cody E on our Discord chimed in and explained that the Stories games are like their own contained story-driven RPGs, he kind of related it to Pokemon, where you're able to recruit the traditional monsters of Monster Hunter and then use them in the game. Uh, I'm sure I'm butchering that, but the key one and the key like point of contention from stories appears to be the Rathalos and uh. some sort of Rathalos egg. So it's like, sure, why not? The Rathalos is a big, bad dragon. It's red. It poisons you. Why not the Rathalos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure those need protecting. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so those are pretty exciting stuff. So getting to see those two Monster Hunter games coming out. The big uh, one that I was like, hell yeah, when I saw was Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming out to Switch. Actually, it's already out on Switch. It's so already you can play out. It now. So they did that thing where it's out right now during the direct. Well, out later that day. Right, so, but still, um, like that's just as exciting. You're just like, yes. Yeah, that's the thing that I was the most excited about because obviously with the previous Ori game, you know, the Switch came out after Ori had originally debuted anyways, but it still took a long time for Ori to make its way to the Switch. And it's considered like the indie machine. Like the Switch is made for those kinds of games. So I'm just so glad that it didn't even take a full year, for, which is what I assumed. I was like, oh, it's probably going to take about a year for the Ori game to come to the Switch this mm -hmm. time around. Not true. It made it much more quickly than I thought, and I could not be happier about it. And pretty much as soon, I keep saying this, as soon as I finish this game, I'm going to pick <laughs> it up. <laughs> Which I am making progress. It's just there's other stuff to finish. Other stuff out there. I get, I get it. I understand. Uh, then Fitness Boxing 2 is going to be coming to out December 4th, 2020 to Switch, I'm which looks like a rhythm-based boxing game. So excited about that. You, you know that I already own the first one, right? I think I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, fitness boxing is excellent. I don't think we've ever done a review of it because how how do you review a fitness game? Yeah, like, <laughs> I got fit. I sweat a I got, lot when I played you it. You see these guns? Exactly. Because I don't have any. <laughs> 10 out of 10, these guns. 10 out of 10, these guns. Uh, but fitness boxing is a super fun game that obviously utilizes the Joy-Cons to their fullest extent. And it gets you moving, especially nice. once you get to the more advanced levels. It integrates in ducks, bobs, weaves, uh, step-ins and step-outs, forward and back. So you really need like a pretty secure space to be just flinging these punches right and left. And my only complaint about the game is that I still wish that they had more songs. Mm. So it doesn't even look like Fitness Boxing 2 is going to have that many more songs which i am a little bummed about i just wish that they would have i would even pay for like dlc like if they came out and said hey for another ten dollars you can unlock these additional that's what i kind of figured they're probably gonna do see but I, they didn't do it before they, oh. they didn't do it for fitness boxing one and i always hmm. wish that they had so maybe that will eventually be something they work in there uh but you know obviously i think demand for the game has to be there first but i'm just surprised it even got a second game yeah i didn't really know many other people that had fitness boxing so good job uh next up they announced disgaea 6 disgaea 6 disgaea, disgaea. i say disgaea okay. i don't know how i, I think that's it. how it said it was in the direct and i and i Realize I butchered on the first go through. So Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, is coming summer 2021. Balin Wonderworld is coming out March 26th, 2021. Rune Factory 5 was announced as well. The Long Dark, also another uh, game coming out 
uh, is already out now. It was released the day of the Direct. And then the last big one, Supergiant Games is Hades is also out now. It's had its it's out of early access now on PC. It's full release and it's out on the Switch and you can play. And same thing dropped that day and you can play it, which I already saw that Supergiant was tweeting. It's already hit number one on the indie games list in the Nintendo eShop. So I am not surprised. And people are eating it up. I I need to play it soon. That it beat Ori. That's a little shocking. That is. That is interesting. So, but I'm I'm excited about that game. I've been meaning to play it for forever. Now it's 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 I need to I need to jump in and actually play it. But a lot of great stuff. Like, I, and I mean Hades and Ori, like I said before, they both seem like the kinds of games that will just translate so well to the Switch. Mm-hmm. They both have that feel of they can easily go to the handheld mode and still feel just as good as if you were playing them docked. Yep. And like uh, Ori's Twitter account tweeted out that they said that the game is fully optimized for the Switch. It will run at 60 FPS, which is insanely good for the Switch, especially and everything. And especially with Ori, just how smooth, like that game is fast. You need to like have timing. It needs to have flow. It needs to have a smooth flow. So they they even said they 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 optimize the hell out of the game. So they're they're ready for people to get to enjoy it the way the game is meant to be played. So that's super exciting. Lots of great stuff. Lots of great announcements. It's great to finally have the release date and pricing and all that for the PS5. So now the the Xbox is going to hit November 10th. PlayStation next consoles will be on November 12th. So that what's new What's the price of the what's the price comparison between the PS5 and the Xbox Series The Series X, X is S and X. The Series X is Ah oh crap, I'm blanking. Let me let me look I real fast. I thought it was 3.99. Is the it not like a $100 less? The S is 2.99. I know that. Yeah. It's the the lower end one is is the is only 2.99. I'm just looking real quick. The Series X and the PS5, the highest levels are the same price at 4.99. The oh, difference okay, is gotcha. in the Series S and the digital version of the PS5. The Series S is 299, the digital version is 399. Which I got to say, I think that alone is a really good move um on on the part of Microsoft. Mm. And the reason that I think that is, you know, the Series S as I'll call it, the mini box, the small box, mm. the boxito petito. Um the little box uh does appear to be positioned as really a games pass machine. Mm -hmm. And if that's the direction that Microsoft is going to take that console in, I think that that's just to their own benefit. I think that's a great idea. As it currently stands, I see the appeal of the Series S, the little box. Absolutely. I get it. I know why you would buy that over the the, the X, the disk drive one. With the PS5 and the digital PS5, I really don't know why you would, you know, it's not that big of a difference. Why would you buy the digital over the the big one? Yeah. I just, I don't really see the appeal as much. I don't think that it has as many differentiators as the little box does. I think it really just comes down to, I think too, if you're going to want that 4k, like native 4k uh, Blu-ray player in there, that's in the big one. And because, and I think too, like I'm kind of waiting to see, I mean, I'm planning on getting the big one, but also if they ever came out and be like, Hey, if you can't, you know, if a game, even if it's a disc based one is in your library, I, I don't see like, that's how I wonder. I feel like I'm going to have to get the the big one because I'm still going to have yeah. PS4 games that I'm going to put the disc into to play Absolutely. on the PS5. If there was a way where that didn't have to happen, I would be getting the digital version because why not? It's, it's cheaper. Save the money a little bit. As far as the Xbox ones goes, when I if and when 
I decided to buy the the Series X because I had the thought the other day. It's like a lot of the exclusives that are going to come out for it are also going to be available on PC. So I have the PC already, so I don't necessarily know. And I can get Game Pass Ultimate on there too. So if I wanted to try that out. So if I do an Xbox console, it'll be the Series S because that's just smaller. And it's going to play and it'll let me play the exclusives and things I want to try out. But I think mainly I might try this. I might try for this generation holding doing uh, PC and PS5 primarily. So we'll see. We'll try it out. So I'm excited. I, I will say that this is the first time that I've ever seriously considered getting an Xbox. Because, well, it'd be of, perfect. because of the little box. I think it's just, it would be good for me mm-hmm. to be able to test out a ton of games on a consistent basis. Well, like Hellblade 2. Yeah, and just have, oh yeah, you're right. Because you need that exclusive. <laughs> you need it for that exclusive Ooh. Hellblade, you know? And who knows when Ori 3 is going to come out. <laughs> Maybe 2022. <laughs> I don't, wa- don't want to be in this boat again. <laughs> Having to wait till the Switch port. Like Jesus. a fool. <laughs> <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm still really on the fence. I may or may not get the Series S, but it's never been more appealing to me than it is right now. So I think that that's at least an indicator to me, a personal indicator that Microsoft is finally doing some good stuff with that box. Yeah. And if they can just keep it up and maybe make it even a little bit better, they will be serious competition once again. Yep. I think so. But, but still the thing is, it's like, even though there aren't like huge, I still think though that Xbox needs to focus on getting some good games out. Get us yeah, some, you exactly. know, let's get us some good exclusives to really sell this thing. Like great. Your launch lineup's cool. But also there's like nothing on it that I'm like super jazzed about. And I don't think there's really anything that I'm super jazzed about until like, um, you know, probably Halo Infinite that I can really think of off the top of my head. But obviously, oh, the one thing that we haven't really talked about with the PS5 news is that did you see that Kena Bridge of Spirits did get pushed? It It was supposed to be a launch title, but it did get delayed until 2021. And that's not surprising. Um, It does look like it's a pretty ambitious game. And part of me kind of wonders if they may have gotten better reception for the game than they thought they were going to. I mean, how could you not? The game it blew up. Incredible. Like people were freaking out about it, me included. So I wonder if the developers were like, Ooh. yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> <Shit>. let's, <laughs> let's keep gonna working be a, on that. Like, I know. Let's keep working. <laughs> let's, let's really refine this bad boy because yeah, I, that, that game looks like it's going to be. nothing to do with it, but that's, that's kind of just my own personal conspiracy theory. So again, that's really the only game at launch that I wanted the PS5 for in the first mm-hmm. place. So I'm just going to wait it out. There's really no reason for me Same. to get a PS5 until Kina is out. So I'm just going to hang out. I think I might. I'm trying to decide if I want to wait on Cyberpunk, though, until the PS5. Like, I know I'm super excited for Cyberpunk 2077, and I know they've already said it's going to have the free upgrade, so maybe I won't. But I was, but like also it, Valhalla, and, and, uh, cyberpunk come out like a week apart of the two i would prefer cyberpunk because it's a brand new experience and like you know valhalla it's assassin's creed i want to play it and i really want to play it but like of the two i'm feeling cyberpunk so i might still go ahead and get it i was kind of thinking the other day i was just like man i kind of want to experience that on the new system at its fullest but we'll see yeah assassin's creed should rethink that release date um they have because they wanted to hit i think on the date of the of the Xbox release console as well. So yeah. it could be a launch title there. Gosh, I just, I feel like so much of its sales are going to get eaten up by Cyberpunk 27. I think so 2077. too. I think uh, so too. I get it. I Actually, they did push it back. They pushed it earlier, didn't they? Yes, they moved it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because originally Cyberpunk and Valhalla were going to come out the same day. 
And then they oh, move. Oh God! Okay, maybe this is actually <laughs> in like, their best interest. Yeah, then. it's probably a better move for them because then they're like, okay, you know what? No, we'll get the jump on Cyberpunk, yeah. get some good sales, and we'll be a launch title game for the Xbox. So, like, who knows? Sure. Maybe that one week will be what saves their sales from. I mean, I, d- I don't think you it's gonna know. necessarily do terrible. I think it's the game's still gonna do really well, but um, but I, I just think it is a different. Would I think the mass majority of like heavy RPG players, they're gonna go to Cyberpunk. I think so. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how those two games do, but still, those are coming up soon. It's super exciting that we're almost here on the new to the new generation of consoles. But until then, we have to talk about some other stuff too that's coming out. And so, Mogan has prepared some first impressions of the game that she's been playing lately on the Switch. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so this is going to be a very vague and probably confusing (laughs) (laughs) review of a... So this actually got mentioned on The Moment with Mogan a couple of weeks ago. I think this came out in early, maybe early to mid-August of this year. So I'm going to be talking about Paradise Killer. So when I read, I, I, I like remember reading the title, you know, from what's coming out now and coming soon and being like, I wonder what that is. And then it immediately left my brain. But then, maybe like two weeks ago, one of my friends uh, was uh, one of my friends, Zach, but not the Zach that we're talking about, not not podcast Zach. Uh, yeah, one of my other friends was like, "Oh man, I picked up Paradise Killer. It's awesome. Gotta play this game. It's incredible." And I was like, "Really? What's it about?" So I looked it up and did a little, did like a very cursory bit of research, and it's a murder mystery game at its Ooh. core. It is billed as a op- as an open world mystery. Uh, so basically, you are in this particular setting, and you are an investigator, and your job is to just go around this fairly open world um, that is somewhat contained, but this pretty open world, and do your investigation and figure out who the murderer in question is. So that premise, though, really doesn't. It- it doesn't describe the game very well at all. <laughs> like, it does describe the game's function. It yeah. describes the mechanics of the game. But Paradise Killer is one of the stranger games I have played in a long time. Uh, probably one of the weirder games, at least this year for sure. Uh, I would hearken it in weirdness level to kind of like Hotful Boyfriend, Hmm. where it's like a pigeon dating simulator. That's weird. That's a crazy concept. It is. Uh, So it's kind of like that, but even weird. Uh, So where to to even start? I guess we'll start with the story beats. So I'm not that far into it, I don't think. So hopefully a lot of this isn't going to be super spoilery. But there's only so much you can say about a murder mystery before you're out of stuff to talk about. So I'm sure that this uh, first impressions will have some spoilers, especially for the backdrop of the story, like the setting and where you're at. I'm going to be talking a lot about that because it's very integral to my enjoyment of the game. Because I do want to go on ahead and say, at first, I was like, I may have wasted $20. That was my that was my immediate <laughs> reaction. Like my first hour, two hours in the game, I was like, I, I wish I kind of wish I had my $20 back. <laughs> and then I got further into it and I was like, never mind. Okay, it is a really good game. I, I see the appeal now. So you might initially be a little confused and maybe you don't even think you like the game that much but it does it picks up so don't worry about that so the premise is you are a character named lady love dies uh and you are god where to start where to start (laughs) 
So the game takes place in an alternate reality. So in the context of Paradise Killer, our world, the real world, does exist. But at some point in approximately AD 700, 1000, around that time, some sort of rift happened in the real world called the Great Betrayal. And essentially a bunch of gods that were occupying our world, the real world, got like ousted and many of them got killed. Maybe one or two got saved. But what they did after that is this uh, basically like rebel faction called the syndicate were like, hey, we really like our old gods. We're going to take what's left of them and go and build our own alternate reality where we can worship all of these gods the way we want to. Hmm. So that faction called the syndicate basically split off into a totally different dimension and created a place called paradise. And paradise is literally an island. It's an island paradise. Now, when they initially created the island, um, they were like, okay, great. We've got this sweet island. We're going to start communing with our gods. We're going to contact our gods. Which, it should be noted, their gods are genocidal, grotesque, horrific, cosmic atrocities. So they've chosen to worship some really strange gods. Uh, The main one, which they call the oldest, is the Silent Goat. And the Silent Goat was like murdered on Earth or something, but with his dying breath, he gave his power to the Syndicate. It's bonkers. It's a bonkers game. (laughs) At, At best, it is fascinating. At worst, it is inscrutable nonsense. So you just kind of have to keep up with it and just be like, sure, don't take it too seriously. Take it with a grain of salt. Just kind of absorb as much as you can and don't worry about the finer details. But the syndicate breaks off into this alternate reality. They create paradise. They start communing with their gods through essentially psychic power. Like they use psychic power to span the cosmos and talk to their gods. Turns out, that when you open a psychic link to the gods, you kind of open up that same tunnel to demons. Oh, no. So what happened with First Paradise is, you know, they open up this link, demons pour in. They just pour into Paradise. Paradise gets corrupted, obviously. It is just not at all what the Syndicate intended for their literal Paradise to be. So they basically created like a failsafe. They destroyed their First Paradise and moved on to Paradise 2. They're like, okay, we see what we did wrong the first time. We're going to destroy this version of Paradise, create a new one, and this time we've got it. This time we're going to do it the right way. And there are points in the game where you can find um, basically short logs of all of the previous Paradises up until that point. And it just kind of gives you this trail of breadcrumbs of how wrong many of the Paradises went, which is really fascinating, and I love that bit of world building. You currently are in paradise number 24. And supposedly the big hype, you know, the the hot news on the block is that paradise number 25 is going to be the final perfect paradise. Mm. They finally got it. As soon as they move on to paradise 25, they're going to have it nailed down. Perfect paradise. But paradise 24 has run into a big heckin' problem on the eve of its destruction so they were just about to destroy paradise 24 when something horrible happened so the syndicate and paradise are run by a bunch of syndicate members that call themselves the council 
So the council is who make all of the decisions about paradise and what direction it goes and when to when to reset it, essentially. Mm-hmm. So the council was meeting. They were having their final meeting about resetting paradise. They're good to go. Somebody broke in to their council room, their penthouse, which is just like a regular apartment. It was exactly really weird. <laughs> so somebody breaks Welcome in. Welcome to our and- massive godly f- yeah. conference room. Yeah. Dude, this is just apartment two B. Nah, man, no, 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 no. You don't. It's you don't, the penthouse. It's the penthouse, it's the penthouse <laughs> apartment. It's different. We paid a lot of money to be here. You don't have money. You're in an alternate reality. <laughs> don't worry about it. And they do actually have money. It's just blood crystals. Whatever. Their alternate reality is bonkers. But okay. all of the council were brutally murdered oh. uh, in their council room. So they've been totally slaughtered. And the reset of Paradise Twenty Four has stalled out because of it. So they have to figure out who killed all these council members and who are they going to have investigate this horrible mystery. Paradise doesn't currently have a chief investigator. Don't think they need one. Mostly because they exiled her uh, from Paradise three million days ago. So it should be stated that all of these syndicate members, uh, basically the the upper echelon um, of paradise are immortal. They are eternal people. They just keep going to the next paradise and they will never, ever die. Even if you're exiled from paradise as a syndicate member, you're not going to die. That's where Lady Love Dies comes into play. So one of my favorite things about this game is the character creation and the absurd names that they give to just everything. I actually put in your and my chat, Jared, uh, a brief overview of some of the main characters. Very much recommend you look at that. The yeah, I need art, to go look at right now and look at the art because that's what I'm, yeah, I'm like. I need to know what this, this game, game looks like is bananas. So there's a big disconnect for starters between the environment and the characters. So the environment is, it's like a game made in 1994 for Microsoft home computers. Uh, it, It has this extremely minimal polygonal look. Everything is very like brutalist architecture. So it's not actually a lot to look at. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I started the game, I was like, is this really what it's going to look like the whole time? It is. It takes some getting used to, but it does add to the overall atmosphere that the game is trying to achieve of Uh just really true future wave and vapor wave vibes. So that's really what the game is going for. So I get it. It takes a little bit of adjustment, but I understand what they were going for here. So is this kind of like, sorry, I'm, I'm just looking at these images and everything of the game and I'm just trying to understand like how you play it. So is it like a, a point and click adventure kind of thing? No, not exactly. Okay, okay. Because so when you were saying when you were saying about like it was like a from the Windows old home computers, that's what I was kind yeah, of thinking. Yeah. But it's almost like that. It okay. looks like that. It looks like an old point and click. It actually really reminded me of old Mist. The mm, old Mist games. Mm-hmm. It yep. definitely looks like kind of that era of gaming. Well, but, it kind of looks like too with all the how you're like interacting with characters is similar to like Dream Daddy. Yes, it kind of is. So this is where the big disconnect comes in. Is there's this really strange old school like computer game looking graphics mixed with these 2d hand drawn characters which is so bizarre because in the world itself which is a 3d world you're walking around if you find another character 
they're literally a 2D character and they like spin around like a piece of paper. So oh, interesting. if you like go to their side, they kind of just have to shift and it's just ridiculous. It's like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> so they just, they don't really move. They don't really do anything. You just kind of find them around in the world and yeah. then you interact with them. Now, when you interact with any of the given characters, it basically shifts from the open world style 3D world to just kind of a 2D almost, um, what's the word? Not graphic novel. A visual novel, Mm. almost like a visual novel uh, interface where your 2D character is talking to their 2D character. And it's just a bunch of dialogue back and forth, which is fine. And that's where all of the game's action happens. So within this 2D space, when the characters are interacting, the characters do have uh, actual voice acted voice lines, not in full, but some of the important stuff that they say will actually be voice acted, along with each character seems to have a given set of more or less reactionary or emotion voice lines where they'll say a given thing kind of over and over again, just sort of interspersed throughout the conversation where it seems like that should fit. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're doing. You're walking around through this 3d world to find these 2d characters who are just, just bananas. Um, Some of the characters names are incredibly wonderful and silly. There's lady love dies. Of course, she's your lead investigator. You are lady love dies. You were exiled from paradise, and then a big old crime happened, so they had to bring you back. So you're back on the beat, you're investigating again, you're back in paradise. Because you're eternal, you know all of these characters on a personal level, and you're just kind of picking up where you left off and figuring out this murder mystery. The other rogues gallery, aha, aha, ah. it's like our Discord. That's where we got uh, the name. The other... They took it from us, but you know we'll let them have it. <laughs> yeah, they stole it from us. Uh, <laughs> you've got this rogues gallery of other characters that have incredibly silly names. Um, there's Dr. Doom Jazz. He's the island's like official doctor, and he has a clinic, but his name is Dr. Doom Jazz, and he has a gigantic pink mohawk. He doesn't wear a shirt. He wears a big flowy like coat, and it's like, sure, I trust you with my medical care. So there's Dr. Doom Jazz. Also, I love that they had to add jazz to his name to probably avoid copyright of Dr. Doom. Like how do they how do they how did that even still fly? I don't know. Don't worry about it. So there's Dr. Doom Jazz. There's the witness to the end. There's Carmelina something something. There's Daybreak and Sam Daybreak. They're a power couple. There's just all of these ridiculous characters. And it's just fascinating to come across them and kind of get to know their unique personalities. Mm -hmm. So each character is kind of, um, you know, their own person in that They have an interconnected web of lies, more or less, Uh, but you have various degrees of relation to them. So, for example, Daybreak, she's one of your best friends. Uh, You and her were apparently really close before you got exiled, and she's basically your short travel, your fast travel vehicle, because she's literally the fairy person um, of Paradise. Then you have characters like Dr. Doom Jazz, who you seem to... You know, it kind of is hinted at maybe they had a bit more than just friendship when Lady Love Dies was still on the island. And then you've got other characters like Judge and The Witness. So The Witness is a really interesting and integral character that I've just kind of recently gotten to in my own playthrough. His function is he witnesses the end of each island. He basically kind of hangs back for a hot second and watches each island get destroyed before moving on to the next one. Mm. And that's his official job. So his whole job is to witness the end of the island. And part of that job is he identifies fail points. 
So basically, what could potentially stop this island from destructing? What could prevent us from moving on? So he's got a bunch of really cool information, and he's also like a very doom and gloom. We're not appeasing the gods the way we should be. Yeah. This is our punishment for not appeasing the gods, which it should be noted. At the end of each island, to appease the gods and move on to the next one, the syndicate rounds up all of their low-level citizens, which are normal humans that they mm. kidnapped from the real world brought them to paradise and have forced them to worship their horrific genocidal gods. And then at the end of each island, they're like, well, what should we do to appease the gods? I know we're going to round up every normal cattle citizen and mass slaughter them. We're just going to, ma- that's what I'm saying. What is this, this game, game Mogan? Mogan, what is this game? game? I don't understand. <laughs> so that's kind of as much as I want to say about the game for right now, as far as the story goes. What you need to know is Lady Love Dies is awesome. She's got a little personal computer that almost looks like an, a 3DS, honestly, nice. or like just a really small laptop uh, that helps her basically investigate the world at large. Your investigation is primarily interacting with other characters to basically get their alibi, get their own suspicions. What's your relation to this other person? Uh, What's your own motive? What do you think this other character's motive is? So it is a lot of very like boots to the ground investigating. And what I really like about it is in terms of open world, it really is. So you don't have a linear path. Mm-hmm. You literally leap off of your apartment in the Idle Lands, which is where you were exiled to. You jump straight off of it and basically skydive into paradise. And when you land, your job is basically just you go see the judge real quick because yeah. she's the one that it. It's the one that tells you this is what's going on. This is what I need you to do. Get out there and investigate. So you go and investigate at your own pace. You can go to any given character um, that's within your your physical range, because there are some environmental blocks that you eventually have to get around, but really any character that is accessible to you, you can talk to at any given time. So I talked to Yuri Knight first, for example, but I didn't have to. I could have have easily talked to anybody else first. So you have your own ability to talk to a character, get their story, move on to another character. Maybe that character gives you some counter evidence that you're like, oh, I should actually go back to that other character I was just at and keep grilling them. Or you can just be like, okay, I'm going to put in, uh, I'll put a pin in that. I'll come back to it later. So there's a lot of freedom with who you talk to and when and what you do at any given time. There are also small environmental puzzles, I guess, because you can go around the world and sort of collect little items and maybe they all have to go into this uh, fresco on the wall and you have to input a bunch of little, what do they call them? Key objects. Mm. Uh, Maybe you have to input these key objects to unlock something, or maybe you have to go to this uh, security gate and figure out a little short visual puzzle to be able to move through that security gate to the next section, basically. So it's not a terribly difficult game. It's mostly just, if you hate a lot of dialogue, you will despise this game. If you like a lot of dialogue and you love a good murder mystery, I think it's a really fun one. The mystery itself is really engaging. Uh, all of the facts, as they kind of come to light, every new lead that I get, I get that rush of, okay, I'm getting closer all the time. So it definitely gets more engaging as it goes on. It gets much more interesting against a really bizarre and wonderful backdrop mixed in with just the 
best vaporwave soundtrack you could have hoped nice, for nice so if you love like future wave and vaporwave soundtracks on youtube for example you're gonna love this game uh the soundtrack alone is one of the key reasons that i like this game so very much you've got this wild setting you've got these wild interesting characters all set in a fairly open world murder mystery setting of course the murder mystery itself i got my thought back there it is. <laughs> all right so the, the murder mystery itself this is one of the key components of, of the game that i think is fascinating that I haven't really tested out yet. You basically can go back to the judge to start your trial at any given time. Oh. I just started and I could already go back to the judge and be like, okay, let's start the trial. I know what's going on. So you can start the trial basically as soon as you think you have enough evidence. Interesting. Now, I don't have any more information on that premise right now because I have, like I said, I haven't tried it yet, but I guess it's just going to kind of be up to you to make your case ace attorney style. Because, yeah, I wonder sure what happens if, like, you're what, wrong. What if you get it wrong, yeah. right? Is it, I like, Clue where you're out of the game or, like, and you have to restart? Or? It is as much a mystery as the game itself right now. Ooh. I just don't know. It could be anything. Uh, but, yeah, Paradise Killers is crazy. <laughs> I'm sure it probably looks a little off-putting at first to a lot of gamers, but I think it's worth the try. Yeah. Uh, if it does ever go on sale on the Switch, um, I think you should definitely pick it up. Even so, 20 bucks isn't that big of a price for the game. I think I've put at least six to eight hours into it already, and I am liking it more all the time. So, Paradise Killers. Nice. Thumbs up, but with a lot of conditions. Not for everyone. Good for me. Probably not for everyone. Lover of murder mystery games, it's probably your bag. If you're not... Maybe look elsewhere, maybe, perchance. Yeah. Because, yeah, I... Uh, actually, there was a small interview that I read between um, the developers and... God, I wish... Here we go. It was an interview from Two Credits. So Two Credits interviewed a couple of the developers of the game, which, by the way, I guess I probably should have talked about the developers, huh? Uh, <laughs> it is from... Published by Kaizen... Oh, no, wait. The developer is Kaizen Gameworks. The publisher, I think, is... I don't know. I lost it immediately. Yeah. Uh, the composer, because this person does deserve a lot of credit, is Barry Topping. And that's Barry Epoch Topping. So it's got like a nice, cool, I don't cool, know, cool. air quotes in there, whatever. Uh, uh, like a, developer is, is Kaizen Gameworks. Publisher is Fellow Traveler. There we go. Fellow Traveler. So Kaizen Gameworks, um, an indie studio, obviously this is an indie game, and in an interview with two of the key developers, Phil Crabtree and Ollie Clark-Smith, uh, they did note that they took a lot of inspiration from some of the older, like, weird PS1 Japanese games, but they did also have a little bit of a comparison to Danganronpa, mm. which is a really popular and ongoing murder mystery style game. The key differentiator here is that Danganronpa is very linear. And if you make a wrong conclusion, for example, you basically game over in Danganronpa and you oh, kind wow. of have to start over again. That is not the case with Paradise Killer. Paradise Killer is intentionally much more open, not nearly as linear. So if you're looking for a super linear game like Danganronpa, uh, you're not going to find it here, but you will find an equally weird and cool game. I nice. Think. Have you ever thought about trying, since you like mer uh, like mystery games and stuff like this, have you ever thought about trying out uh, Rockstar's Ella and Noir? Yes, I have. It's just so old at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I wonder if I still have it or if I traded it in because I started it and I was immediately just like, this is not for me. Like it was one of the fastest games that I've ever started and just been like, this is not for me. I was like really into it because it was, this is right off. It was the next game after Red Dead Redemption 1. And so I was like, hell yeah, I'm into Rockstar. And it might have been like, or maybe it was after Max Payne 3. I can't remember. But still, I was I liked those two games. It was like, hell yes, let's do this. And I got this and I was just like, oh no, this is. Oh no. This is not what I thought. But a lot of what you're talking about this game, you liking about it, I could see you really liking L.A. Noir. Yeah. Uh, you would hate this game, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm intrigued by how interesting it looks, but I can already tell this is not my cup of tea. Yeah. You and especially Sam. I know how much <laughs> she hates dialogue. This game is not for either of you. So it's pretty niche, but if you fit into this niche, you're probably going to love it. Nice. Nice. Well, that's a fun a, a fun pick, though. Like, it's very interesting. It's a crazy game. It's, it's a crazy game. I'm still not totally sure, like you said, I, that I, I know what's going on, but I like I like I what, don't. I like what I'm seeing with like the art, the fun characters, and yeah, I'll definitely have to check out the soundtrack for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, the soundtrack, at the very least, you can listen to the soundtrack and have nothing to do with the game and still love it. So nice. check that soundtrack. Yeah, out. I'll have to do that for sure. Um, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So everybody, check out Paradise Killer. But that is pretty much what we had on our list of topics for today. Oh, I guess I did. I did a play. I'll mention this real quick. I, not a whole lot of thoughts about it, but I did play the alpha test for Call of Duty Cold War that came out on uh, Friday and Saturday of this last week to try that out. Indeed. And it was pretty fun. It felt like the original Black Ops game again and like Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, which is good since Black Ops 3 and 4 kind of went off the rails for me. Uh, so it felt really nice to get back to those uh, and, and play in like also a different time. Like, you know, it's the 80s. So you kind of got this like synthy soundtrack to it also like really like synth rock stuff to it and the soundtrack but the gameplay felt really smooth i appreciated some of the changes they made like now it seems that your score streaks aren't necessarily tied to how many kills you get it's more like your overall score so if you do wind up getting like kill streaks that doubles your points to like ramp up how quickly you get your score streaks but it's not tied to like you have to get three kills before you die or five kills before you die to get this one which i think is a really good move for black ops or just Call of Duty in general because it, it plays to my play style better. I'm not often going to get the huge uh, kill streaks to be able to unlock these massive score streaks. Yeah. So this is really nice to be able to still like feel like I was making an impact with those and having those. And it's got like an ultimate uh, thing that you can that ch slowly charges up that you can use, but it's not like dropping a nuke or something on the map. It's it's something similar like a turret, like a to shoot down surface to air. Uh, like to shoot down UAVs and different things like that. So it has some really good developments. The maps that they play that they chose are really good. I love the satellite map. That one has a really great flow to it for uh, and everything because it's got like these caverns, some like hills to be on top of, but then also these sand dune open areas. So it's like got really good geography on the map, and it's just a really good one that allows for a mix of sniping close quarters and just like medium range distance. So it's really, it's got some really good stuff working for it. So I was impressed by it. It was a lot of fun and I can't wait to see where else comes from that game as well. So all the, all call of duty really needs at this point is some crazy gods just kind of chilling in the background mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. like a cool vaporwave soundtrack and it'll be the perfect game. Call of duty mythology. Hot hot take. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. So if you guys have any thoughts at all about the PS5 showcase, those those price points for those PS5 consoles, the price of the games themselves, their launch lineup, any of that stuff, and of course, if you were excited for any of the things announced at the Nintendo Partner Direct, and if, like Mogan, 
you have played and enjoyed, been playing Fantasy Killer, Paradise Killers, excuse me. Fantasy Killer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paradise (laughs) Killer. My bad. Uh, I actually thought when you were talking about this, I was like, man, did you ever watch the show Good Place? Yeah. yeah, I love the Good Place. That's how, when you talked about them like restarting the Paradises, I was like, is this the Good Place? (laughs) But in video game form, then it went slightly more off the rails, but I was still like, the foundation's there. The foundation is there. But if you. Similar premise, but very different. So yeah, if you have thoughts on Paradise Killer as well, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. Comment on all of our social media uh, outlets. Join our Discord server and talk with us there. And uh, yeah, it's just let us know what you think of all these great games. So a little bit of housekeeping real quick before we go that I probably should have done at the beginning of this. We are joining us next Tuesday on the September 29th. We're going to be doing our stream night, game night, that we're going to be playing Street Fighter Five for the very first time. Neither of us have played this. It was the PS Plus game for the month of September, and we were very excited to try this one out because Mogan's a huge fan of Tekken and other fighting games. I like to think that I'm good at fighting games like Mortal Kombat, but I'm probably not really at all. I'm actually trashed here. But uh, still, if you want to come check us out trying to wail on each other and test our skills in Street Fighter Five, come stop by twitch.tv slash teamchatpodcast. We kick off at 7 p.m. those nights, Central Time, and that is Again, September 29th. So come join us. Come hang out. It'll be a great time. But until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined through the power of the internet by Rachel Milk. Peace out. We'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.